Hello, Skillets, and welcome to another episode of Cast Iron, the show all about metal. Uh, I am Alan Williamson, and as always, I'm joined by Lewis Clark. Lewis, you are brewing up a storm in England. Yeah, we are. It's uh, it's it's Storm Eunice time. Uh, it's it's getting pretty rainy and windy out there, and it's nice and dramatic. Good. Good, good, uh, good feeling for this record. I def- definitely put it I that shouldn't, way. Yeah. Uh, like I shouldn't do, uh, you know, vi- visual descriptions for a podcast. But you look like a weather reporter, <laughs> and you're about to get battered <laughs> by a storm coming in. You're gonna, you're cl- clutching the mic. But uh, Lewis's webcam's finally working, so we get to see each other. So that's lovely. No, it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited for this episode. Um, I get to talk about one of my absolute favorite records of all time, and I get to introduce you to a band that you probably haven't explored too heavily. That, um, well, that is true. Yeah. And um, I, and uh, without further ado, uh, this week we are talking about Korn's Untouchables. <laughs> one where it was i i said um you know i've never really listened to any corn and yeah. then you uh gave me a couple of al- album recommendations so this was almost a, a joint decision because usually we do yeah. turn about um so you gave me the choice of corn's debut album corn or untouchables yep. and i had thought mm. ah, i'd kind of looked around and thought oh maybe we should do one of their more famous early ones so i listened to a few tracks of the debut album and was like no no we shall yep. not be covering that and then i listened to a few <laughs> tracks of untouchables and thought yeah let's do let's do untouchables so you are yeah. a long-term corn fan i am indeed in fact one of the current records i have in rotation is the newest corn album <laughs> I, I also listened to that and prep for this yeah um so the reason why i chose those two records in particular because i think there is basically two types of corn there is ross robinson corn where they play without a click track which is the first two records and an album that we released a lot later called corn three remember who you are which is like one of these weird ill-advised let's return to our roots records yep um and yeah, those are the ones that haven't got a click track. They're kind of a little bit more freeform, a little bit more funk influence, a little bit more, yeah, sort of loose and, you, yeah, the, the, the writing style isn't as robust. Whereas everything else is written to a click track. And as a result, I feel like Korn sort of comes into their own a little bit better and their songwriting becomes a little bit more easy to pass. And it's just, it, it's structured a lot more like a pop song, I think, as well. Like it's, yeah. it's got a very traditional, yeah. First chorus, first chorus, here's your bridge, and we're going to go back to the chorus. So this is a click track album. It is a click track album, yes. Um, do you know much about the making of this record? Uh, all you told me was that at the time it was one of the most expensive albums ever made, and apparently that's because yep. they just had a lot of people on retainer for several years. So there's a few reasons for that, yeah. So um, it cost $4 million to make. It is currently the fifth most expensive album ever made. Uh, it was two, it took them two years to make and it was the first album recorded ever at a 96 kilohertz sample rate for some reason. <laughs> right. Okay. So that obviously didn't, that, that, that was, that was expensive in itself. Um, yeah. The 
recording and living expenses um so they had to keep a 15 person crew on retainer for nearly two years and they hired five houses uh renting for 10 grand each every month <laughs> like, i feel like it this is ridiculous isn't really, this isn't really a milestone like if we wanted to do a new cranston ep and i had yeah. a big enough yacht for a long enough time that would be yep. the in the top five uh, most expensive albums of all time but it would have absolutely <laughs> no bearing on the quality right yeah yeah exactly yeah but um i do think in a weird way the the time that they've used to, pro- to produce this record and the apparently the producer was absolutely meticulous it was like no your, your voice is crap today go home we'll do it again tomorrow sort of thing um has created a record that might be a little bit too bloated but it feels like production wise it is just an immense sounding record it is huge i think that's one of the things i really enjoy about this record it is um production wise just so on point everything sounds massive um it 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 never feels like the songs have too much Although there may be too many songs, <laughs> um, we'll but like I, I we'll feel like they're they're quite um, they're quite tight in in what they do, um, and yeah, I I I was really impressed with the sound of this record. I think it really holds up even to this day. I think it is um, one of it, it. It helps to have time, right, to be able to like. Um, tweak everything to the way you want it, and um, uh, you can certainly hear it on this record, uh, right? Look, absolutely, and um, and I am a very big fan of meticulous planning. You know, the, the reason we don't yeah. pump these out every week from the Sausage Factory yep. is because you know, one day, one day we'll look back on it, and we wouldn't want to phone it in. And apart from the Inflames album, where I had too much to drink because we were moving out of the house and had to get rid of some wine, <laughs> I think by and large the quality has been pretty consistent. So I did. We need to talk about early corn um, because yeah. I. So I listened to the first corn album, and you know the way the, the main ways I tend to listen to music are like I work from home full time, so I usually listen to music yep. while I'm doing some deep work, or I might go for a yep. run or yard work. And, and as I told you, um, I was power washing, pressure washing my driveway last weekend mm-hmm. while listening to Corn. Um, yep. And um, but I was listening to it at work, and that can either be instantly hooky or a really bad idea. And yep. listening to the first Corn album while working was a really bad idea. Now I described <laughs> it to my wife as haunted Primus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good that's a good shout. Like it, it is it's a weird sort of sludgy freeform funk influenced like it's it, it's such a bizarre record to go back to. But it's also super angsty and you know very much uh, an album made by a load of young men who are trying to get their feelings out. It's quite grungy. It remi- I think yeah. the band that it reminded me most actually was like Alice in Chains as well as Primus. Yeah, that's a that, good shout. Yeah, that yeah. very particular um, grunge band and, and their mm. debut was in like 94, I think the first album was. Are they, are they formed in 94? That's the one, yep, 94. 94. Yep, yep. Um, yep. So it is around that time, the, the end of, of peak grunge. And then yep. you get into Follow the Leader, which has, you know, they've got weird scat singing. They've got an absolutely yep. terrible couple of rap tracks, including one with Fred Durst, yeah, which is... Yeah. Yeah. Um absolutely abysmal. Very ill advised track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really yeah, not not <laughs> that that has uh lyrically not aged particularly well that song. Yes. And and Korn was one of those bands where like so I was never into them. Um Yeah. But um I don't know, did you did you have uniforms in high school? 
yes, we did oh, have okay. uniforms. I just yeah, didn't know yeah. if that was a, an oppressive Northern Irish thing. Okay, so, <laughs> no, so you used, no, 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 used to get these non-uniform days, right? You know, we yep. bring in a bring in a couple of quid and um, you get to wear your own clothes. And yep, yep. half of the 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 hippies and the and the skaters yep. all had corn hoodies, usually with the the front cover yep, of yep, their shoes yep. on them. You know, the little doll. So. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. So I always felt like, oh, you know, I've, I've no idea. I can't really put that in, in context. You know, I don't even know what I was wearing. Probably a maiden t-shirt or metallic yeah. or something. I, I, I relate to that on a on a personal level because I had a corn <laughs> ju- I had a corn hoodie that I was in pretty much all the time when I was sixteen years old. Um, it had the corn logo in like yellow, and it was like a relief. So it sort of like came out of the. Of the oh hoodie. wow! Okay. <laughs> but, but certainly, um, you know, we would go down to the the local you know the local shop that sold the um, incense stick and metal t-shirts oh um, yeah yeah it, it was wall-to-wall corn <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely but uh but i kind of felt as i listened to those first couple of albums you know i didn't miss much here uh there's probably a reason why this this never attracted me um yeah, way yeah the, absolutely the, the stuff I, I really did enjoy like the skate punk and the thrash and the, yep. and the maiden and the, the death metal and stuff um mm. so i'm really glad that we didn't cover the first corn album because i just totally bounced off it and i was like i'm not gonna have yeah, a lot to yeah. say here and yeah, um yeah. I, and yeah a lot of the material in it was questionable it was it's kind of like the it's like the sound of abuse or something it's really it's really yeah, dark and like it's, it's yeah like a very unpleasant vibe yeah, we, it's, it's, it's 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 uh, dark, absolutely dark, absolutely dark as fair. fuck, and that it, it unfortunately that is kind of Jonathan Davis's main influence is bad shit happening to him, and this is how I get it out, and like this is almost like my self therapy. Yes. Uh, his the last record be, be, before the recent one, then the Nothing, is another album that's very sort of like I'm dealing with an awful lot of personal shit right now. Oh, okay. uh, his ex wife had died, his mother had died in between records. And um, it's similarly, I think it opens with him having a bit of a crying breakdown fit at, um, in the studio, um, which is the same way the first album closes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, very emotional individual, but um, it's obviously the way he gets his um, his influences for his for his art. And that's just always going to be the way he, he he makes music is like, if bad shit's happening, I'm going to put it on record, basically. Yeah, so, and, we'll, um, and we'll definitely we'll definitely get to that because uh, we're not yeah. going to be able to get through this album without talking about it because it's on every single song. Yeah, um, yeah. So Untouchables came out in 2002. Yeah. That is the mm-hmm. same year as a lot of seminal records, which I, of course, have written down because I have no memory. Please I'm do. 35. Yeah, yeah. So we had, this year we had uh, Alive or Just Breathing by Killswitch Engage. We had Linkin Park's yep. Reanimation, Steelers Album yep. by System of a Down, Mastodon's mm-hmm. first album, Remission, In Flames released Root to Remain, Him released Deep Shadows and Brilliant Highlights, Coheed and Cambria released the second stage, Turbine Blade, and heavy music was really popular and mainstream at this time, as was yeah, yeah. rock and indie, and my extended hero the rock and indie albums that were popular that will really make you feel old were Audio Slave uh, we had By The Way by the Red Hot Chili Peppers Songs For The Death by Queens Of The Stone Age Interpol's debut album um, Idle yep. Wild released a remote part uh, and those are just the ones that I found on my iTunes with a 2002 filter um, yep, and, yep. and you also had albums like um, Disturbed's Believe came out that year they were moving away from that um, new metal sound uh, yep, that, yep. that bands like Korn had established into something a little more melodic and um, mm. more guitar variation, a bit more melody in the vocals. So it's a really, yep. it's a really interesting time for heavy music, and as well as this being very expensive because they, you know, pissed it all away in cocaine and hookers in a couple of houses. Korn um, <laughs> yeah. really were one of the biggest rock bands in the world at this time. 
Yep, absolutely. And this is another big sell in corn record, regardless of the fact that it didn't really recoup a lot of the costs that it actually, you know, <laughs> uh, it took to develop it. But, um, it actually did get, um, uh, platinum. Um, it is by no means the five times platinum follow the leader, but, uh, it is still a very, uh, highly regarded corn record. A lot of big singles on this. And, um, yeah, it, it has its place in time and history. Um, I think we should talk about, um, what, sort of genre this is because mm. corn are very hard to nail down they often get grouped in with new metal and i suppose there is a fair bit of influence on in that and in that you do have the hip-hop influence on the on it yeah. um but i would say they were closer to something more like sludge metal maybe um but obviously closer to something with a with a sort of pop song structure it doesn't have the sort of free form uh progressive nature that a lot of sludge music does um but yeah, it's they are a very strange band that are very difficult to pin down and quite unique in that regard. They have a very unique vocalist in the form of Jonathan Davis who has yep. this strange sort of um, crooning, sort of grunty, growly kind of voice. Um, it's doing all it's, kinds it's of things. Very, very cool um, sound and very unique, uh, instantly recognisable. Um, and they also have a very instantly recognisable bassist in the form of uh, well, Reginald Arvizu, I think is his, is his actual name, uh, commonly known to the world as Fieldy. Uh, he plays slap bass, very, very, very heavily tuned down to the point that you will always hear it sort of permeating through the music, this mm-hmm. sort of clicky um, bass sound that's, um, that's always there. It's very percussive yeah, like, um, I think- and very unique. I wouldn't want to. I don't want to get into you know hair splitting genre semantics. I think yeah. I think there's definitely a bit of bit of grunge in here. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think given the poppy song structures and uh, the, the 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 drop whatever tuning, drop drop D yeah. and below tuning, um, yeah, yeah. the poppiness, the hip hop influences. I think it it probably does fit firmly into new metal, where yeah, a band yeah. like Slipknot doesn't. And, and Jess and I had this discussion earlier because she was on the Iowa episode. Check it out. And yep, I'm yep. saying that I I don't know if I would necessarily call Slipknot as, as new metal as some of the others, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that that fits in quite neatly to what yep, it is yep. um, for for want of a better term. But it is quite pop and what's interesting with a lot of new metal bands is um you know i was reflecting on the the other ones like you know limp biscuit and lincoln park and, and papa roach yeah, yeah. Uh, all those all those firm new metal bands and, and disturbed yeah, yeah. and and the, the only ones that really stayed really metally were slipknot mm. and uh mm. and and um i think lincoln park i would say probably more influenced by like U2 and stadium rock bands that's the kind of direction they yeah, went absolutely. in big big stadium yep, yep. arena rock Papa Roach yep, yep. there's always a bit of skate punk and hardcore in there and they stayed yep, quite yep. rock and roll in that sense um, yep. Limp Biscuit uh, were just shit um, I don't know what they're <laughs> <laughs> um, but Korn um, yeah they're just 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 strange they I, li- I did listen to Requiem before this and it, it seemed like a yeah, pretty yeah pretty straight up standard hard rock album in and out in, in yep, 30 yep. minutes um yeah but i guess i guess i feel like because you know, they did a bit of rapping here this feels a bit like conventional rock of the time that it is probably is quite a pop styling regardless yeah, of whether the first think... album was, was was funk metal or you know yeah, Primacy yeah. and mr bungalee it feels like they're a little yep, more yep. they'll go with whatever's popular and to back myself up yep. they did do that dubstep album with skrillex which i didn't submit myself to even though i don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't terribly mind skrillex but i just didn't have it in me 
Um, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. I think it's it, that's that's very much a record for for corn fans to just like okay, well, well, let's see, it's, you know, I'm, when you when you're a long long career band like that, I, I think it, it is important to find things that continue to make you excited about music and and if if you if you want to experiment and that keeps the the fire alive, then I'm all for it. To be honest yeah. with you, I think that's it's interesting. It's interesting as a as a uh, artist anyway i, I think um, it's a summer between um pop metal and um prudo emo yeah no <laughs> I, that's, I i would definitely i definitely say so and jonathan davis has openly said that he's not really much of a metal guy um he was very much influenced by sort of new romantic stuff he was very much into the cure mm-hmm. um and yeah it's you can tell that from his from his lyricism you know he's, he's a very sort of gothy gloomy individual <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah, yeah it comes across totally comes across so let's get into it then so the first track is here to stay So I'd heard this one before. This was this was definitely on, on Kerrang! back in the day. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of a, a mid-tempo industrial stomper. It's got heavily, yep. heavily down-tuned guitars. Almost sounded to me mm-hmm. like a slowed-down Fear Factory. And Yeah, I can hear that. And yeah. I thought this is pretty decent. I thought, I thought the vocals were surprisingly good for something I hadn't listened mm-hmm. to particularly attentively. And, yep. and, and quite quite a catchy melody. Like, it really... I listened to this album a few times in preparation for this, and this one was was definitely stuck in my head. And and John seems to have these three vocal styles. He has, like, his normal natural singing voice, which is really quite good. He has the nasal Mm -hmm. whining, um, which we'll get into in the next track. And then he has the overdriven, grungy vocals. Yep, yep. No, I agree completely. Um, I would say that Here to Stay is basically an iconic rock club banger <laughs> mm-hmm. and a great encapsulation of what this album is about. Um, it's real sort of punishing groove, hugely down-tuned guitars. Um, we didn't mention it, but both guitarists, uh, Head and Monkey, use seven-string guitars, and that's always been the iconic mm. sort of corn sound. Um, very much one of the earlier bands to, to use seven-string guitars. They, they're now very much popular with... Um, sort of gent bands and progressive metal yeah, but um, yeah. at the time it was very much a case of like we just want to get a really heavy sound how do we do that ah an extra string will do the trick um, so yeah so that's that um, so yeah you get these sort of really catchy croony vocal melodies which I really enjoy um, production and mix make everything sound enormous on this record I think um, but most importantly I think it's all very clear you can hear the individual components um, nothing sort of gets lost in the mix um, so I, I always I was quite impressed by that. Uh, the guitars are definitely the most prevalent in the mix, um, and they sound enormous. But like like I say, Fieldy's percussive bass um, sort of complements the beats of the song. And my favourite moment is the uh, middle eight with the uh, break it down mosh pit moment. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an awful lot of fun. I think if you go to any rock club on the face of the earth, you will probably hear here to stay. Um, it is. Um, uh, pretty iconic as corn songs go and it's one of the three singles from this record as well it was the first one released i i thought this was a very good start and i was like okay yes that, we can cover this this will be fine this will be fine I can, yep, yep. there's got to be something to say about each of these tracks um yeah absolutely a, a very um very auspicious start mm. uh, and then and then we get into track number two which is make <laughs> make believe Sometimes I burn a 
So we have uh, Haunted Fairground Grunge, weird farty <laughs> synth noises, and it sounds yep, yep. harmonically dissonant and really quite horrible. Yeah, it's it's a really weird choice for the second track of the record after after here to stay. Like you say, yeah, you got that bizarre bloopy synth intro leads into a very strange vocal melody from Jonathan. Um, I think the pre-chorus and then the actual chorus do elevate this track and that huge sort of swell of instrumentation behind it as well. And you get that nice croony vocal, um, but you, it's such a bizarre. It's equally off kilter and barky throughout a lot of the the song, the the vocals, and uh, it's quite annoying <laughs> overall. When basically when the song isn't the pre-chorus or the actual chorus, um, it is quite an annoying track. Yeah, and an unfortunate the, yeah. track too. I feel. Yeah, the the bridge and chorus do have a bit of that Alice in Chains vibe. The lyrics yeah, are yeah. already repetitive, and I think yeah. based on the verses, I was close to hating this one. And I did think that "close mm. to hating" would be a really good name for a corn song. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think all in all, I think all in all, it's, it's pretty bad, and nothing's going to make up for that verse. Um, are you yeah. familiar with the Australian sitcom Kath and Kim? I am not. No. Okay. So um, I don't know. If, I don't know if this link is going to work because you, can you, you you can hear me on the laptop, right? So if I paste you yeah, the yeah, Skype yeah. link. You'll be able to hear this. Okay, so Kath and Kim, um, watch this YouTube clip of um, okay, okay. Kath and Kim, uh, Kath saying, look at me. Oh, oh here me. we go. There's look an arse. Look at me, look at me. Give me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I thought get, that I get whenever, whenever Jonathan Davies says, Taking my Then it sounds a lot like Kathy <laughs> Look at my He sounds like yeah, a he's got yeah. a really weird accent that makes him sound like a Melbourneian bogan. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can hear that. Yep, that's was I, very, very I very have no idea what they were thinking of making this the second track on the album. Probably yeah, this is gonna yeah. sell a lot, we can do what we like. Yeah, yeah. Um you can tell like the excesses of the band kind of pushed an awful lot of these tracks through, unfortunately. Um, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where we just like, we probably didn't need this. We could have probably scrapped this and it would have been a tighter record as a result, you know? Um, but yeah, it is very strange. And we do find, you will find across the record that that bizarre sort of electronic-y, synthy, like, let's have some weird samples does kind of like, permeate an awful lot of these tracks um so they're obviously trying stuff in, interesting new stuff with their sound but whether or not it works quite well is uh is is up for debate and it definitely doesn't work with make-believe um i honestly i don't mind the synth in this i don't think it's mm. totally repellent yeah but um it definitely has its moments and this isn't one of them yeah no totally let's move on to track three um which is blame <laughs> Now, I think uh, this has an excellent riff that opens it uh, before stripping back the instrumentation so you get more of John's vocal melody. Uh, and then it switches between those two styles across the whole track. Sort of the, it has a very big driving intensity to it. Uh, another really great chorus makes this extremely catchy. 
I think the bass actually gets a showcase during the bridge on this one without the signature sort of clicky slap bass sound. Yep. Um, you can actually appreciate how good of a musician Fieldy can actually be. Um, I think Blame is a really good song. I think um, after track two, anything could have probably uh, <laughs> been an improvement. But um, I think Blame has a nice uh, structure to it. And I, I like the switch between the sort of heavy riff, um, which is super cool. And uh, the sort of stripped back instrumentation, with which focuses on how good John's singing can be. Um, so yeah, I really like Blame. I I really enjoyed Blame. I think it's got a classic new metal groove, just enough variation yep. that it's not quite one note chugging. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it does sound a lot like Here to Stay. And the first time I listened to yeah. it, I thought, "Oh, this is really good." Um, I I enjoyed it a lot in the verses. I really like John's lighter, clean vocals over that heavy, funky riving. I think that, yep, that's yep. a really interesting yep, yep, yep. tone. And the chorus is quite mm-hmm. catchy as well. Um, yep. I think he's Jonathan's either at his best when he's just doing straight up clean singing, or when he's got that mm-hmm. quite percussive. Uh, catchy, yeah, but, I know. What but you he mean. does yeah. write some catchy vocal melodies. Um, mm. And whenever I first listened to this album, this is probably the track that stood out to me most. I was like, oh, this really is quite good, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. But on repeated listings, I was like, well, it's also, it also is a little bit like Here to Stay, especially in the intro. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not quite the same, but it's a little bit of diminishing returns. But I think it's a good track, yeah. good track. Absolutely, absolutely. There is definitely a song structure that they adhere to quite severely across this record <laughs> um and yeah i think that's a little bit of the undoing of this record is uh it is from song to song a little bit samey a little bit samey um next we move into track four hollow life we come to this place falling through time So this one's a bit of a curveball, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite delicate as corn songs go. Um, nice sort of haunting vocal melody throughout this. Very little instrumentation. It's mainly sort of uh, fake strings and that sort of synth comes back as well. Um, and it's all sort of punctuated with another off-kilter weirdo vocal for the chorus, <laughs> which adds uh, more of the traditional corn instrumentation. I think it's a very difficult song to love, but it is kind of bizarrely memorable. I don't know how about you feel about this one. Uh, I was surprised by how good John's singing actually was, and I think yeah. his I think his cleans and his falsetto are much better than the overdriven harsh vocals, mm. which I find yeah super fatiguing, quite whiny. And I wouldn't say they're out yeah. of range, but they're a bit a little bit out of character. And one of the I don't know, like I don't know if this is true. I haven't I haven't sent yeah. a PI after this guy. But to me, he comes across no. as a sensitive guy trying to act like a hard man. I know what you mean. Um, and yes, I would agree to a certain degree. But uh, he has is he, is very open in interviews. Honestly, I don't think he uh, he he needs to hide his sensitivity behind uh, a tough guy persona. He's I don't think he, that's really his kind of thing. Um, he's always been very vocal about how he was, you know, picked on in high school and stuff for being a weirdo and being a new romantic. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think he very much likes to to put his sensitivity on display. Um, I, but yeah, I I can see why you would think that. Yeah, because the song, the songs itself and the actual music itself is very bruisey and in your face and like let's some let's of the some of the tracks yeah. that we'll get to. Yes, um, are yeah. a little more a little more abrasive. 
Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Th- this one, I think, I think difficult to love is right. I think there's a lot to yeah. like. I really like the bridge with the. Is there any wonder as we look to? Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, and it's a good way to break things up after some similar sounding tracks. I feel yeah. it's a bit long. It's yeah, bit, it's yeah. a bit long, and and one of my enduring criticisms of this record is that a lot of the songs are two minutes of ideas that they're gonna they're yeah, gonna yeah. milk for a full four minutes. There's yeah, no, there's absolutely. Not, there's not a lot of variation, both within the no. songs themselves and within the totality of the record. But yeah. you know, it's it's definitely got its redeeming parts. I like the clean vocals. I would like to hear more of that. I think the clean vocals over the funky, chunky riffs and the soaring yeah, yeah. choruses are much more interesting than the the grungy, overdriven vocals we could get anywhere. I agree completely. I think um, I, was, I was surprised actually. I did some further reading, and uh, Jonathan Davis does seem to have quite a high vocal range for mm-hmm. as as uh, rock and metal musicians go, which is surprising considering I always kind of associate his voice with that sort of barking, sort of grunty, sort of overdriven sound. And but no, honestly, he is a very impressive vocalist when he gives himself the the, the time and patience, and actually has a good uh, collabora- co- collaborator with him as well. So yeah. because his falsetto is really good, he doesn't have. That, yeah, it he is. Have it's that, he doesn't have that nasal head voice. That, no, no. So, you know, that a lot of singers will have when they, when they do falsetto. It's it's, it's very yeah. very clean and, and strong. Like it's really yeah, yeah. really really impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm no, putting, in the, putting the compliments up front because we've got a lot of tracks to get through here. Um, but we do indeed. But really, um, yeah, really really lots of lots of like. So next indeed, up, indeed. unless you got anything more to say about Hollow Life, uh, no, we've I'm good. got bottled up inside. And it's uh it's here to stay again. And <laughs> yeah, here yeah. to stay again, quite stompy, find it yep. rather repetitive, pretty generic new metal. There's something about the vocal melody in the verses that I do not like about this song. It sounds like a nursery rhyme or something. I, yeah, I, and... I can't put my finger on it, but it's something I just find really grating about the, the vocal yeah. melody in the verses. No, I, I I know what you mean, and again, like if you're not already familiar with the corn style, I think this this is going to grate at this point. Um, but I, I I enjoy bottle up inside. I think it's got a big bouncy groove. I really like that about it. Um, get that weird squelchy synth in the pre-chorus again, and then a big massive chorus to really send it home. A big stompy breakdown during the middle eight. A lot of fun. Um, it's it's corn by numbers, but I very much enjoyed it. I do like the chorus. Um, I mm. think it, again, it's catchy. It sticks in your head, but it does feel like. Um, it's a very similar sound to, to here to stay. And Jesus Christ, yep. the lyrics are repetitive. We get it. You're sad <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. hate people. I've never heard the words <laughs> hate and shit so many times <laughs> in the record. Yeah, there you go. That's that's Jonathan Davis for you. Uh, but if, um, you, if you were saying, you know, he, he uses this as therapy, it ain't, it ain't working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he certainly made a career out of it, so maybe. Yeah, well, he's been. <laughs> yeah. Money, money, and, um, money and drugs are the real therapy. But yeah, but uh, all is kind of you know pointless at this point because uh we need to move into track six because it, it, it's it's a, it's an album highlight it is thoughtless it is the second single off the record and as far as i'm concerned this is another corn all-timer I, 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 
Um, a really great riff and an equally brilliant chorus put this in just like the Corn Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned. Instrumentation isn't as thick and as heavy as a lot of the songs mm-hmm. on this record, and I think that helps elevate the vocals, which is really nice sort of um, structure I really enjoy. I like the weirdo sort of like cut-up vocal mix thing going on near the end. It's kind of going for that sort of vocal scat thing that he does on like, you know, um, yes. um, what's the, uh, Freak on a Leash, but it's it's obviously being like uh, digitally messed around with, and I think it's really, it's really quite effective and interesting. Um, the music video for Thoughtless, uh, I will quickly mention because it features a very young Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad fame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, worth a watch. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoy Thoughtless. Sorry, I I left the door open and Jess had just come home from her meetings. No, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's all right. It, like it's the magic of editing. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. <All> good. <laughs> we just need to Hello, leave. Jess. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of bloopers in here, so we just need to leave them all in. So, it's, uh, so it yeah, sounds yeah, like a, why not? <laughs> we need to make, we need to stretch this podcast out across two years, and I'll I'll, I'll buy you a couple of houses <laughs> to record it in. And we'll just keep going. Oh, it's the most expensive podcast ever recorded. Was it those two guys talking about corn? <laughs> Uh, so this one yeah I thought this had a bit of a mud vein feel to it crunchy I can hear that yeah 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 really funky riffing and and a Mm. lot more vocal variety in the verse I I really like it very catchy yeah yeah yeah, absolutely John can transition from the falsetto to the harsh voice even if I don't think the harsh sounds as good as the cleans yeah so this one I thought was very good sing-along chorus and it's unfortunate that it's a sing-along chorus because some of the lyrics are a little bit repellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not the greatest choice of uh, no, lyricism on this. Yeah. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a prude about it, but it's not the subject matter is not not nice. And there's definitely ways you could have phrased. They didn't have to say he wanted to rape someone, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you get some scat singing at the end. Not quite freak on a leash level. Um, but no, it's no, but it's in different there. and interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but no, I, I thought this was um a, a lot of fun, big big bouncy kind of what I'd expect from yeah. um big big budget um poppy new metal a lot of fun yeah uh, and the fun fact is apparently evanescence covered this once they did yes it's on their live record can't remember the name of that um but uh corn and evanescence are yeah um they they've collaborated a few times um amy lee collaborated with corn on their unplugged record uh she joined um them for a version of freak on a leash um, and she sort of sings up backup vocals on that, which is kind of cool. Um, apparently, um, one of Evanescence's earliest tours was with Corn, and they basically sort of like, I think it, you know, brought them to prevalence, kind of put them in front of a new audience and stuff, and kind of helped that boost their career. Um, so they, yeah, they they've collaborated quite a few times, but um, yeah, I, I can't say I've heard the Evanescence cover of Thoughtless um, because I'm not an Evanescence fan, and I don't particularly like the idea of that. So yeah, that's, that um, but, is new uh, metal. That is that is as yeah. poppy as new metal gets, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah, that and Hoobastank. Yeah, yeah. Um, although Hoobastank probably, I don't know, get closer to emo, I suppose, as as far as new metal yeah. goes. But um, Look, crawling in the dark. Yeah. that's a that's a tune. That's a that's a good. Riff. Oh, I mean that's that's their one song. <laughs> <laughs> no, their, their song their song was the reason that was when. That, oh that was God, their, that don't remind me of the reason. Yeah. God, that was a Kerrang TV staple, wasn't it? Yeah, Jesus. But no, let, but let's let's focus on uh, crawling in the dark mm. and then get back right back to Corn. No, this this was this is a really <laughs> good one. Um, th- yeah, uh, no, Thoughtless I, is I, an I album highlight. Hope, absolutely, I would hope that this would be a Corn Hall of Famer, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we have track seven, hating. 
So we get another squelchy synth to open mm-hmm. this one. Instrumentation is largely stripped back, but to put the focus back on John's sort of haunting vocals. Um, instrumentation does get a little heavier in the pre-chorus and then picks up for the chorus itself. Uh, excellent vocals from John in the chorus, I think. I think it's a really quite catchy one. But again, the song structure is almost identical to every other song on this record. <laughs> um, it would be difficult to pick it out in a lineup. <laughs> I I quite like the opening to this, and and it was yep. at this point in the album where I thought, oh, you know, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna love this whole thing because mm. it, I think it had mostly mostly hits for the first yep, half yep. of the album. Yep, and yep. this one again, I quite like the opening, got the warbling mm. synth and the the singing. Yep, yep. I like that stripped back. And and as you, as you said, the production is excellent, and the sound is super super yeah. clean. You can hear everything, yep, yep. and you can hear it's, it's everything. Everything's in its its right place. Um, I think yep, the clean yep. singing works well when the sound isn't quite so yep. crushing. The chorus in this one's a bit. I find it a bit dull because it's dragged out for so long, and nearly five minutes is a lot, a lot for yeah, a, a conventional yeah, yeah. song structure like this. So I don't feel like it yep. really doesn't justify its length. Bit, yeah, bits yeah, I no, like, absolutely, but. Again, I feel like I feel like we've heard this before. Isn't this rather yeah. similar to to bits of Hollow Life and and, and yeah. bits of of Blame? And aren't we really aren't we really hearing the same thing again? Yeah, yeah. And um, I hate to jump ahead so quickly, but uh, <laughs> track eight, one more time, is kind of the same thing again. <laughs> Um, so that starts with a weird sort of distorted sample, I think. Um, and then this one, uh, and then the instrumentation sort of starts to rumble in as the mm-hmm. song progresses. We get another big chorus, really helps kind of bring it back from the brink. But I feel like it's just too samey. The song structure is, we're track eight and we've already heard so many songs that already sound like this already and this is the point where I, I got, I started to think that it's getting a bit tiresome. Um, <laughs> absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's it, it's tough to it's really tough to to sort of vibe with songs like this. It's got um, it, like I when, think one more time. It's got quite an ominous groove. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's got a good beat to it. This would be a good um, video game track. You know, yeah, sort of, um, yeah, yeah, background kind of song thing. or something. Yeah, totally. That's all. That's a bit of all there is to it. There's not. It, it's a. It's a new metal song. It's. It's a corn yeah. song. I don't want to yeah, say yeah. that a lot. It's a corn song, and yeah, yeah. And I think it's not just that it's musically repetitive. It's incredibly mm. lyrically repetitive. And even if yeah, yeah, even if the song sounded the same, but he was singing about different things other than hate and f- his feelings of hate. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> At least, at least it'll be something to to get you through. Yeah. But one more no, time, there's no sense of irony in that title. Track. No, no, no. <laughs> one more time. Yeah, and again. Oh God. Yeah. No. It, it is. It's it's fine, but it is again corn by numbers. We've heard it already. We've heard it multiple times already. And I just yeah, at this point in the record, I was just like, ah, oh, come on, something different, please. Thankfully, <laughs> track yeah. nine is Alone I Break, which is something incredibly different. Now I see the times they change, leaving
Um, this was the third single of the record. And yeah, a bit of a strange single. story behind this one, in particular the music video. So the music video was directed by a fan, and it was a part of an MTV contest. Um, so, yeah, so... the. Um, it was like, yeah, enter the contest and you can win the opportunity to direct Corn's next music video. Uh, it was also, um, the, um, you wouldn't the do subject that of nowadays. a making, you wouldn't do I that know, it's nowadays. crazy, isn't it? But it's also the subject of a making of documentary, which they, sh- uh, which MTV shows separately. I remember watching this and the, the guy that ended up directing it was very bizarre. You could tell he was a bit of a starving artist type and the whole experience was basically like him using it to sort of kickstart his film career and everybody was just a bit like, you don't really come across as much of a fan. <laughs> it was a it was a strange old thing. But as a music video, it's not too bad actually. Like he, he definitely had an idea and followed through with it and it, it's quite it's quite interesting. But um yeah, I really like Alone I Break. Uh, it's a really stripped back song instrumentationally wise. Uh it's almost entirely carried by John's vocals melodies, which I think are extremely catchy, and they sort of switch between this sort of breathy understated sort of like um you know whispered vocal and then his sort of barky sort of croony vocal during the choruses and things and i i think it's really interesting i think the complete lack of any sort of like thick guitar distortion makes this a really interesting song and it showcases how good the band can be as songwriters without the need for all that downtuned seven string thick sound you know i i think yeah i was very impressed by alone i break it's 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 one of my faves so this one to me sounded like Korn's attempt at a radio-friendly ballad. And, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually really catchy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, I, Super I, like, catchy. I like the melody a lot. I almost feel embarrassed for liking it so much because the lyrics are fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, this, this, was, this was very surprising. And as you say, it, it shows you that they can actually write songs when they put their mind to it. And this is one that doesn't um, outstay its welcome. No, not at all. I, not, I think, yeah, it's it's the perfect length it needs to be, and it's got it's all its ideas on paper, really succinctly, and it's super catchy. And yeah, I just it it's a really interesting sort of early foresight into sort of like Jonathan Davis's solo career and stuff, like because he did he did some 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 bits and pieces on his own, and it's again instrumentationally a lot more stripped back. It puts his puts the emphasis on his vocals and his melodies, and I yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think Corn uh, should really think about exploring that sort of uh, less heavy instrumentation a little bit more. Um, probably but, yeah. a bit late. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> but uh, I mean, to the to the day, like, you know, like, it's, it's weird that like nothing on Requiem like sounds anything like this, you know, like it's, it's just, it just, it seems strange to me that you wouldn't try and explore this a little bit more. Um, so yeah, any, it's, it's strange, strange, like, I think, because I it's think such it an would, effective song. I would feel embarrassed if I got caught listening to this. It's, it's a real, but it's a real, but it's a real guilty pleasure. Um, but uh, isn't that isn't that the corn thing? Like, if you like corn, like you, you know, you'd be a bit embarrassed to anybody to catch you listening to corn, right? Yeah, I, I, could, I can imagine someone on a, on, on, a, on a bus with their headphones on, with their corn video on, doing the um, the Scott Stapp thing and the Creed My Sacrifice video. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Your arms up. Yeah, 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 your arms up and down. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's move on to the next corn song, which is Embrace. Embrace is a corn song. It's a new metal yes. song. 
It is. It's the full crunchy corn sound. It's back, and it's with here with a bang. Um, I like the big stompy chorus Cream, uh, verses on this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cream corn. corn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's like, definitely, I, I think there's some stomping uh, happening. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna be in facetious here. This is one of the heavier ones, and um, yeah. and again, I think the percussive vocals are good. There's a bit where it's like the life, mm. the hurt, the pain, the hate, which is every yeah, yeah, corn yeah. song in a line. But I think yeah, that yeah. works quite well. It's quite quite slipknotty, yep, yep. but mm, ultimately. Absolutely. It's more of the same. It's not very interesting. The 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 yeah. chorus. It's a corn song. Yeah, I think this one largely suffers from being quite tuneless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it, it, like you say, it's very percussive. It's very much uh, based on a rhythm, and um, it's 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 largely the most screamy song I think on the record. The chorus in particular has that, yep. it, it continues with that sort of screaming. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bit. Like each line of the chorus is punctuated with a little burst of John's sort of croony singing, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it's largely tuneless. There's no real hook to get you super like engaged with it, and I think as a result, it becomes a little bit forgettable. But yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Now we're on to a song that I will sadly never forget. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. So track eleven is "Beat It Up Right." So, I, yeah, I know what you're going to say about this, but in a weird way, it's fun, right? Um, so, like, this has a really weird bendy riff, which I kind of like. It's super groovy. Um, but vocally, strangely horny. <laughs> and um, I'd, I'd, I'd much not... I'd much prefer not to think of Jonathan Davies as a horny gentleman. But, um, yeah, you're going to have to deal with that on this song, unfortunately. Um, but I think it's a lot of fun, and... It's it's <laughs> it's got a great chorus that puts uh, John in a higher vocal register that really showcases his range. We even get John's sort of iconic barky scatman vocals in the line, in the middle eight as well. Like it's just it's so corn, and I think that's why I like it. It's like all the bits that you like kind of rolled into one, and it's very strange and weird, and a lot of fun. Which is something that this record doesn't really do, deal with an awful lot. It doesn't go like all out. Okay, we're going to do something stupid and fun. It's very much like here's the here's this, the overall sound is quite dark and quite foreboding, and obviously you know we're we're dealing with some with some heavy subject matter, and I, I need to get it off my chest sort of thing. Whereas Be Upright is just like, okay, we're we're going to write a dumb corn song now. Let's have let's have a laugh, and I think I appreciate it in that regard. How about you? <laughs> if this is the fun song on the album, I choose misery. <laughs> New metal bands have a habit of doing cringeworthy sex songs. Yeah. Limp yeah. Biscuit is essentially a, a, a collection of cringeworthy sex songs with a couple of songs that yeah. we're fighting instead, right? Yeah, um, yeah. This uh, I this is the worst song in the album for me by far. I was just <laughs> begging for it to end. Absolutely awful. So so slow. So cringe. It's like it's, it's so bad. It's so, oh, just if, oh, like, I'm sorry, Alan. <laughs> uh, really, really bad. And they the yeah, just 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 terrible. And, and I couldn't believe it. I just kept going and going. And then we're gonna go on to a third diverse. Which is essentially the same thing over and over. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know if I want to explain the lyrics to people. Um, here, here's a sample. <laughs> Ass up yep, high, make a mother okay. far cur cry. It's so good that I could die. Help me stay alive. The time is right. I want to feel if you're tight. I'm down to do this all night. I'm going to beat it upright. I thought beat it upright was going to be like a song about masturbation, but apparently it's some <laughs> kind of S&M thing. Look, that's fine if he wa- that's what he wants to do. Um, yep. It's not a judgment on his sexual proclivities. It's just a <laughs> fucking terrible song. So, um, Alan, you'll be pleased to know that um, if you were to buy the uh, censored version of this album, this song doesn't feature at all. <laughs> What's it's on literally this album? just removed what, outright, what? just completely. What's on this album if it's censored? It would, just, it, would, it, would, it would just be someone saying hate and feelings. And then a lot of... A, a lot of well, luckily, that's the prevalent bits, vocal, right? Uh, honking and sheep noises and things. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it, yeah. I, I don't know. Guilty pleasure, maybe? But I kind of find it silly and fun so um, you should you should feel guilty <laughs> yeah 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 and i'm quite happy to to, to take that with me so oh, um no, never mind just, eh? just like i felt 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 like i needed a, a, a shire after listening really, <laughs> really quite dreadful uh, well it's still pretty early for me and i need to have a shower after this so uh, yeah maybe this is this is the thing that pushes me to that um oh. anyway let's move on so we are now have track 12 which is wake up hate Which I feel kind of actually follows the sort of right. Okay, this is the bit of the album where we're just going to have a bit of a laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is a very bouncy sort of like groove to it. Um, I don't think it fits the overall mood because it's just a little bit too much fun. <laughs> it doesn't have that sort of dark atmosphere that the rest of the album album has. But I quite enjoyed it. I like the rhythmic sort of vocals that follow the pattern of the driving pace of the track. Um, it, fe- it felt like the most overtly new metal song on the record. There's like this really sort of weird light electronic percussion yeah. that follows the entire track all the way through, which I don't know whether it was a good idea or not, but it certainly makes it stand out. Um, and I think it yeah, it's quite an inspired choice, to be honest with you. And it adds to that sort of dense corn sound that you expect from the band. But I, I think Wake Up Hate is a really good song, actually. I think, I think it's a better example of doing the fun thing than Beat It Up Right, let's put it that way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah. The, um, one of the classic new metal tropes seems to be a song with how you're going to fuck someone up. And yeah, again, yeah. Yeah, the, the other, the, you've got the Limp Biscuit has two types of song, the cringeworthy sex song and the cringeworthy fight yep. song. Um, yep, yep. Like, I think this one, again, there's not a lot to it, and it's very repetitive. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you kind of heard it all the first 30 seconds. Um, yeah. It's not the worst track in the album, because we just covered mm. that. Um, but yep. it's okay. It's okay. I just, I don't know. I think maybe I was just so disillusioned by Beat It Up Right that I couldn't think straight <laughs> anymore. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fine, but... But again, I feel like bands do the aggression better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, I, I get it doesn't, you. Doesn't have a lot. Doesn't have a lot. It to doesn't. Say. Doesn't have a lot. To it doesn't say. suit. It doesn't suit corn. To be honest with you, like it's not really their their mo is being like 
fighting ready. <laughs> it's very much uh, I'm I, I'm dealing with some shit right now. I need to get it on record. Um, so yeah, all, all, um, all across an hour long record, <laughs> all, all across the record. <laughs> but yeah, so um, interesting track. But uh, yeah, I don't know whether it's the most effective inclusion on this record. An album that's fourteen bloody songs long, and yeah, yeah, I just like maybe maybe we could have tightened this one up, right? Um, anyway, track thirteen. I'm hiding. Um, I think this one's a pretty good one. Uh, Big Crunchy Riff opens it before everything is sort of stripped back so John can get his croon on. Uh, you get that sort of light electronic percussion again from the previous track. Um, builds to a big chorus, but again, a little, little too much like a lot of the songs on this record and fails to stand out as a result, I feel. Yeah, um, I think it's a it's a corn song. Yep. And it's basically a less interesting version of what we've already heard. Um, yeah, yeah. I have no idea why this made the album cut, except yeah, yeah. indulgence. Um, yeah, and yeah. There is one bit when John says he's got nothing left to say, and, and I agree with that. I, I, I agree. With that <laughs> left to say. Um, I yeah. I, I feel like there's no there's no good reason for this to be here because it doesn't do anything different. It doesn't say anything new. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so agrees. Agrees. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and another it's sort quite of a slow paced one. It's got the do, yeah, yeah. do crunchy yeah. swampy kind of sound and i don't yeah i don't think that's what we needed i think i think wake yeah. up hate is is you know they're trying to do a back half banger and we all like yeah, yeah. we all like a back half banger on this show back half banger. um yeah i feel like i'm hiding is bringing it back down again when they probably should yeah, have just yeah. done one more track and wrapped it up yeah yeah no agreed completely Unfortunately, there is one more track <laughs> before we wrap this up, and it is track 14, No One's There. So uh, this is a slower, lurching conclusion to the record that doesn't really offer anything new. I quite like the pre-chorus, a uh, nice build to the chorus proper, and once again, it's a pretty strong, it's pretty strong vocally. But when you've heard this style of song so many times over the course of the record, this is kind of hard to get excited about an hour in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, um, it's it's the album closer. It's it's fine. Like okay, cool. We got a bit of a tempo change, so there's there's that to at least make it a little bit more distinctive from the tracks that have come before it. But, um, yeah, by the time you get to the end of this record, you have been through the ringer and you have heard a particular song style 
oh so many times. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think if you didn't already like corn by the end of this, I don't know if it's going to sway your opinion on them, to be honest with you. Um, but it's, it's election I, day and corn are standing and, and they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're closing up the speech with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the swinging voters have made up their minds. Like, um, it's a corn song. Life. Yeah. My fucking feelings. These greedy people. Yeah. My feelings. Life. Like, I'm, I'm, being, like, I'm, being, I'm being mean. I actually think this one's all right. And yeah. um, I thought it got quite interesting at the end. There's that, um, it's quite a big moment in the middle mm. of this. Um, yeah. uh, I forget. It's, 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 a, it's a bridge about, you know, the feelings dancing in and out of his mind. And oh, yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. where are you? My soul is beating. I am searching. Am I blind? All alone, bound forever, trapped inside me for all time. I think it was quite a good climax. Actually, yeah, that yeah. Was, I get you. At least, at least um, they're doing something different, as you said. So it's not a bad choice for a closer. Um, yeah, and then yeah. I thought, wow, this is getting really interesting at the end. But it turned out that was a remix of Here to Stay. <laughs> yeah, that's then, that's on my uh, version as well. It's just like randomly, the secret track is a remix of Here to Stay. What the hell is that all about? But, um, but the first, like, I wasn't that familiar with the album. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I like this. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Hold on i've heard this course before yeah. oh <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know why it's a hidden track but um because yeah, it's a new metal um, thing Cause y- yeah because the only thing that would make this more new metal would be skits yeah yeah and i know what you mean absolutely um but i would have expected them to do something original for the for the hidden track that's normally the case right we like we we hide some we hide something different and doesn't really mm-hmm. fit the rest of the record so like that's hidden back there but not just an outright remix it feels like a bonus track has somehow conjoined itself to the to the end song <laughs> I, I so, think yeah. on some releases it is a additional track it's not a yeah um, that's that that makes more yeah. sense right so yeah um but yeah there we go we have reached the end of corn's untouchables we got so, through it faster than corn did looking at my recording yeah timer. yeah absolutely absolutely um the thing with this record, and the reason why I love it, is I think um, the actual, the overall production and the overall theming is very concise. I like that there is a a sound that continues across the record. It's very dark. It's very foreboding. Super clear. Vocals are really interesting across the songs, and. I just I like that cohesiveness. Corn records do often suffer from a weird, like. Okay, and now a hip hop song, and then now a silly jokey song, and then now a heavy song. It's just like there's no consistency. Whereas I felt like Untouchables at the time was the most consistent sounding corn record, and it was all songs. The previous record, Issues, doesn't have an awful lot of songs on it, but a load of skits, and it's just like, or like interludes, you know? Like they just, it, it feels like they didn't have enough ideas on that record, so we just sort of pad it out. Whereas, Again, this record, I don't know, like you could say, like, you, they don't have an awful lot of ideas and, ideas and they still padded it out, but they're actually songs on this one. So I think that kind of gives it like a little bit of a, um, a, an edge over, over issues. So yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this. It, it was their highest rated album of all time up until, uh, The Nothing in 2019, which has now just pipped it, which is quite impressive because you can, can consider that at that point in their career, like, what is it, like 13 records in, I think, uh, with The Nothing? Um, they, they produced their highest rated record, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, they've still got something to offer, obviously. Um, but yeah, Untouchables was very much like that record for me. I, I thought it was the most consistent sounding corn record. I like the overall sound and, uh, it does have some absolute 
rock club bangers on it. There is three incredible singles on here, which I think were all the right choices for singles off this record. Um, and I will be, you know, taking those to the grave, I think. Um, they're absolute great corn songs. I think, was, really, really uh, was Bottled Up Inside a single as well? No, it was not. Oh, it might have been a. It might. It might have received radio play at the very least, uh, but like, um, uh, it was not released as a proper I single. It, with maybe it got a music video or something. That's weird. Don't think there's a music video. No, I've never, never seen a music video roll up inside. Okay. But okay. yes. Take your word for it. I can't be bothered firing up the web browser. That's okay. I've actually got. Mm. I've got it here. Singles. Uh, no, it was not. Okay. Well, there you go. There we go. There. There you have it. Um. Mm. Hmm. Okay. What about your overall thoughts, Alan? It was much poppier than I thought it was going to be. Okay. That's and um, and uh, I was expecting something more weird, um, yeah. like Primus or early Tool. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's actually it, it's more like something like you know Papa Roach and um, yeah, yeah. And like that, that's okay. I think so. It, I liked it more than I, I thought I was going to like it, mainly because yeah. I listened to the first Corn album and, and thought it was it was really going to be, you know, e- extreme meandering tedium. Um, mm-hmm. I think it is way too long. It's Agreed. rather rather formulaic and repetitive. Yep, yep. But I think the high points are very good. Um, mm. So the the nicest thing I could say is that I no longer feel like I missed out on corn back in the day. So that's a win for me. You know, I, I no <laughs> yeah, longer feel absolutely. like I was deprived absolutely. as a child. Um, <laughs> but there's just half the tracks on there they could have thrown in the bin. And I think honestly, after um, after Alumni break. There's no real reason to continue listening, and I should really want to hear remix of Here to Stay. Um, <laughs> that, that, so that's that's that, look. It's not not um, not a totally unpleasant lesson. Certainly, mm. certainly peaks and troughs. Yeah, moments yeah, of, Moments of moments of joy and moments of absolute uh, absolute ad- abject despair. <laughs> mostly, mostly um, beat it upright. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree completely. Um, favorite songs then. Um, I think if you're not choosing Thoughtless or Here to Stay, then you've chosen poorly. Uh, <laughs> I would uh, personally personally go for Here to Stay, but um, I don't know how, um, what you're thinking. Uh, my favourite was uh, Thoughtless. Oh, okay, cool. What That's was your favourite? I think your favourite was Thoughtless. Uh, mine, mine's Here to Stay. Mine's here to stay. Um, okay, okay. It's it's if you if you're gonna. If you're going to go throw down in the rock club, then it's going to be here to stay, right? Like, <laughs> Thoughtless is a great song, don't get me wrong, but like, you can't really mosh to it. Whereas at least you've got the break it down moment in here to stay. So, yeah. like, you're having a great old time. So, you, you, um, you do like the, the moshy heavy ones. And at first, I was trying to figure yeah. out what Lewis's favorite one is. Well, he likes yeah. really, really heavy tracks where he gets the like, <laughs> about. So, at first, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe, so, maybe he really likes Wake Up Hate, and you do really like it, but not as much as here to stay. Yeah. But that, yeah. but it is quite an iconic track that even I, with my limited knowledge of Corn, had heard. I think I think Thoughtless yeah. is is definitely the most interesting track for me. And yeah, it's closer yeah. to some of the things I like. I like said a bit mm. of a bit of mud vein, a bit of clean vocals. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it does a better job of highlighting the strengths of the band. Yeah, yeah. Than no. uh, than Here to Stay, which is a yes, a good song, but it's also something a lot of bands could have done. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, Anyway, further listening. Um, I found this kind of tough to do because Corn is yeah. such a weird, like, original, unique sounding band that finding something similar is, is quite difficult, actually. The closest I came was an album we've already covered on Cast Iron, which is Mutter by Ramstein. I felt like that was very much the Corn thing hmm. robotically. You know, it's got that sort of, like, um, tighter, 
song writing structure, but also sounds very much like what Corn are going for, where it's sort of, sort of tuned down and mm-hmm. very marchy and chunky sounding and very thick uh, production wise. And again, um, Till Lindemann has a very similar sort of vocal style. Maybe he's a little bit more of a baritone than, uh, than, um, than John Davis is, but, um, he, he very much has that sort of like percussive, barky sort of vocal style as well, which I felt like, um, very much was more of, more of the corn sound, but, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a more effective way, I think. Uh, Ramstein kind of do it, um, in a lot of tighter, more interesting way, I think. Yeah, um, that's a, and that's then a really we, interesting comparison. And Ramstein can do a non-cringeworthy sex song. Yes, their, absolutely. Their song absolutely. Sex off that self-titled <laughs> album is very funny. Yeah, that's yeah. a funny sex Yeah, song. yeah, absolutely. No, no, go, go, agree completely. And then my other pick was, um, I, it, it was, it came sort of late, late in, as I was th- listening to the record, because I initially had something else picked. I was, I was going to go for something like Raging Speedhorn, because I was like, there's a, there's a big sort of sludge metal influence on, on that in particular. But it just didn't, it just didn't fit right, because that's Raging Speedhorn a little bit more punky. Um, so I picked Maximum the Hormones Buiki Kaisu, which I think I have picked as further listening for another, uh, album on this podcast before. But, um, it, really it like was it. so, yeah, it was so like, oh, I need to pick that. Um, it's, it is, very much inspired by corn and new metal but also by like punk and system of a down it's a big old mishmash of styles um but there is a single off that record uh maximum hormones what's up people uh it was released as a single and the single cover is a complete parody of the cover art to untouchables um with all the little children um yeah uh the the if you've ever looked at the cover for Untouchables, it's the sort of distorted faces, lots of children on the cover. Yep. Um, and if you search for Maximum the Hormone, uh, the single is called Zawa, 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 <laughs> Z-A-W-A, oh, repeatedly. It's supposed to be onomatopoeia for like a crowd sort of murmuring and buzzing. Ah, you're um, going to need to, you're going to need to message me the, that, uh, that album details because I'll, I'll not be able to capture it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, the, the cover art is the same thing. It's basically lots of sort of children, distorted faces, but someone has like taken a piece of chewing gum and stuck it on one of the faces <laughs> on the Max from the Hormone cover. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it, it just seemed like the obvious pick. It's very, it's very much an album that's clearly inspired by Korn, but, um, a level of intensity that Korn never quite reach on this record. So if you, if you want the Korn sound, but like a lot more fun and bouncy and like and, and intense and the tempos are higher, Maximal Hormone are your band. That's How about you, Alan? What did you decide to? Um, mm. I also struggled to pick stuff and, mm. um, I, so I was uh, doing the, the never-ending um, gardening on Wednesday, doing my final yep. thoughts on this, and I needed a brain flush, so I started listening to some In Flames, and I thought, oh, you know what? I'll just pick two albums um, that came out the same year. So okay. we a comparison yep, yep. of what was happening at the time, and, and I've already mentioned them at the beginning of the show. So my first mm-hmm. pick is um, Disturbed's Believe, which I was enjoying today. Uh, it's got okay. some of their... It's probably not their best album. That's probably like 10,000 fists. But um, mm. it's got, um, like prayer and some of those tracks but disturbed are a uh, they were they were a new metal as fuck band everybody's heard yeah, yeah. sickness that's the yep, that's yep. the metal club banger that comes on you know before here yeah yep, absolutely and yep. um this is them changing from that new metal sound into more of a groovy oh they've got they've got guitar solos now you know they're actually yep, yep. They're actually doing stuff it's not just chugging um so mm-hmm. i think that's an interesting 
way to listen to how new metal was evolving at this time. Uh, the other album I'd recommend is um, In Flames: Route to Remain. So you've listened to oh. the you've listened to the entire In Flames discography oh. now, you poor bastard. Oh. And Route to Remain, what an album! And the album that I listened to after I'd done the gardening was soundtrack to Your Escape because I remember it being criticised for being quite new metally, and I was like, yeah. nah, nah, this is the, I I have a newfound respect for soundtrack to your escape that's another level it's but great Route to remain came out the same year and this was yep. where in flames went from being straight up gothenburg melodic death metal to more of an alt metal style and it's yep, yep. absolutely awesome it's, it's one of my yeah, favorite it's... one of my favorite albums ever it is absolutely absolutely blistering apart from one track with yeah. violins which is still good yeah 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 no i i think we much remain is a really really great album and uh an, an absolutely essential listen as far as i'm concerned it's a it's a fantastic in flames record um yeah good stuff good stuff all round. so that has been us um we we've done it we have we have beat it up right and we're here to stay <laughs> and um i hope you didn't find that thoughtless uh Yay. so <laughs> hey so thanks for so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode there are two ways to support the show the first is to leave us a review on apple podcast but the most important is to share cast iron with a friend or two and spread the love um and you know tell them not to use spotify for podcasts that would that would help an open marketplace mm, yeah. um, you can find all the previous episodes in your favorite podcast app assuming that's not spotify or on our website castironshow.co.uk and you can find me on split-screen.net or maybe you can find me on segadriven.com because i've been working on something for you lewis oh i'm very excited about this but that's a that's, an, that's another story for another day Absolutely. If you want to find me online, I am now at Kronkblatz on Twitter. Um, I am lead writer and webmaster at SegaDriven.com. That's my my main thing on the side. And uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind checking out the Sega Driven YouTube, I try to get a video out a week and I'm having a good time with it. And I very much would hope that you would get on board and watch some of my crap. So yeah, all good. Uh, and we're now going to fade to a um, remix of um, Here to Stay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>